Hello, listeners. My name is Mark. If you have been enjoying the Listener Lore episodes, please come over to my separate podcast feed, Lorehammer Listener Lore. On this daily podcast channel, I will be reading one story a day and sharing your creative works with others and giving my feedback at the end. So, if you like Grimdark 40k short stories, come join me at Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hello, I'm Mark. Hello, hello. Uh, joining us today, we have James. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming me. And uh, also joining us is Christian. Welcome, Christian. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Thanks for having oh, me. <laughs> this is the Silent Christian episode. Suspense. Yeah. Um, drama. Today is a, a listener lore. Listener lore number 11. So we're we're getting four more stories that we have. We're gonna share them, and we're gonna we're gonna chat about them. We're going to do our best to um, not butcher words. That's I, gonna yeah. happen. It's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. I just you know try try. We're we gonna try. try. No. Some of us no. don't try. <laughs> we're, you're not even gonna try. Exactly. No. Put in minimum effort. No. Maximum um. <laughs> effort. So. These are, yeah, all submitted by our listeners. Um, for people who are now submitting into the future, submit photos of your army with it, hmm. and that way we can pull it up onto the screen while we record so people can then see it. Oh, yeah, that's not a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that, and then I'm like, should I email these people? Nah. Not enough time. Minimum effort. Oh, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Minimum effort. <laughs> also, if you don't have an army and you're just writing fan fiction, though, you should just send pictures of your body erotica pillows. fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. Reboot and Marnius slowly lower no, no, each no. other to the it's bed and covered in a rose petals. The soft glow of the candles surrounded the room. Rise of the Primarch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Got it. I like it. I like it. Is that a now you have to write? Is that it. real? Yeah, the rise of the Primarch. That's an actual like. Yeah, erotica. that's one Primarch. No, that's <laughs> that's how Reboot Gilliman came back to life. He came back you to son life. Son of a all bitch, right. Eric. You- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> anyway, my jokes are wasted on him. <laughs> I just like the rise of the Primarch. I got the sex joke. <laughs> I got that. That's that's easy. <laughs> I got the sex joke. Ha! <laughs> okay. Uh, who's gonna read the first lore? I'll go for it. Okay. Uh, all right, so uh, lore number one. This is submitted to us by Raptors987. Uh-huh. And uh, I believe it's about Space Marines? Yeah. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Founding. The Stormbreakers are a very new chapter, not appearing in records until around 841. 
The Stormbreaker's original homeworld was the Death World Samet, the inhabitants of which were small but hardy and with tanned skin and dark hair. Samet would later be destroyed, blown out of orbit by the Imperial Navy under orders from Tarvin Pugno, the chapter master of the Stormbreakers. This drastic measure was used after orcs raided the planet, killing many and reducing their numbers to well under 300 marines. The Xenos ruined the planet, decimating the population and destroying the fortress monastery. The civilians on Samet didn't give up without a fight, however, killing many orcs before eventually being overwhelmed or killed in the Exterminatus Order. That's nice. <laughs> the discovery of the Hogar. Having just lost their homeworld within... Hogar. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. That's all. I hope not. <laughs> As I was saying, <laughs> having just lost their homeworld within decades of their founding, the Stormbreakers had to be rallied by Tarvin Pugno to prevent them from scattering. As the chapter drifted around, attempting to lie low and minimize losses, they came across a large ship spat out from the warp. It was home to some foul forces, but the ship itself was miraculously almost untouched by the corrupting energies of the Dark Gods. The chapter launched a boarding action. Terminators teleported directly in and assault troops engaging via, via boarding torpedo. The ship had become home to a heretic Space Wolves warband, allied to the forces of Korn, known as the Bloodborne Wolves. That's a cool name. After many days of battling, the ship had been claimed for the Imperium, but had taken heavy damage. After coaxing the machine spirit away from the worship of the Chaos Gods, the Stormbreakers finally had a place that they were able to house their operations from. Unfortunately, many of the STCs to replace the weapons and systems lost to time, or indiscriminating purge, purging of the former occupants have gone missing, leaving the Hogar to have whole sections closed off, and for it to become a mere husk of its former glory. The Rise of the Gifters the Gifters, a Nurgalite cult within the chapter, first appeared at the Battle of Bellum, not long after the Stormbreakers found the Hogar. They led a strike against the Stormbreakers, taking out all the senior commanders before striking. They first sent forwards waves of poxwalkers and plague zombies, alongside mere cultists wishing to attract the attention of the plague god. The ragtag group of loyalists that were left took minimal casualties, using superior tactics and positioning to prevent being overwhelmed. Then came the demons. The horde was seemingly endless, plague bearers and nurglings tearing into reality to attack the marines. Again, although they took slightly higher casualties, they were still minimal. Finally came the gifters. The stormbreakers' every move was predicted and countered, and losses were high before the battle even got into full swing. Eventually, the battle was won, but only the librarian Darius Medes and a single Hellblaster squad were left alive. Hmm. Oof. Chapter Homeworld. As the Stormbreakers are a fleet-based chapter, they do not have a permanent world to call their own. The Stormbreakers reside on a mobile fortress ship the size of a small moon, known as the Hogar. No one? That's no moon. There we go. <laughs> the Stormbreaker, uh, this ship, despite being so large, is capable of rapid warp travel and as such can deploy marines all over the Imperium Nihilus in an instant. The Hogar houses within its walls the chapter's whole fleet and all of the warriors who happen to be idle at the moment in time. It is a huge vessel and of a make and design not seen since the Dark Age of Technology. It is believed to have passed through the warp at the end of the massive civil war and to have been spat out in the 41st millennium. Whatever happened, one thing is for certain. It was found floating around the void shortly after the founding of the Stormbreakers. A strike force was sent in 
led by Tarvin Pugno to eradicate the forces of chaos squatting within. The vessel was crawling with heretic Astartes, demons, and the unfortunate souls of the original crew, possessed by demons. It took many weeks of fighting with both the crew and the ship, which had been twisted so much as to even do the bidding of its dark masters. When the inhabitants were finally eradicated and the full extent of the ship's damage uncovered as it attempted to self-destruct to keep out these invaders, it was thought irreparable. However, with some skilled tech priests and a considerable amount of battling with the ship itself, it was working, and the chapter was able to move in. It now houses worship chambers, armories, docks, workshops, living quarters, and even an indoctrination chamber, to name but a few features. It was inappropriate touching, James. <laughs> it was just Christian in me. It wasn't you. <laughs> I know. It was Eric inappropriate. Was uh, chapter culture. The Stormbreakers have a very peculiar culture about them. They are extremely clicky, preferring to socialize with Marines from their own household rather than mingle with others. They see humans as weak and necessary of their protection, and as such serve mankind more than they serve the Emperor himself. The Stormbreakers strive to perfect their craft, working harder and harder than their brethren. Unfortunately, this has led more than one brother into Slanesh's embrace. Chapter Belief the Stormbreakers are very firm believers of a slightly modified version of the Imperial Creed, which falls slightly closer to a united ha- humanity, as the Emperor of Mankind wished for, but which gives no leniency towards traitors and cowards, preferring, along with the rest of the Sons of Dorne, to face down unbeatable odds than to be seen running from a combat. Mo- some Stormbreakers become members of the Gifters, but fortunately for the chapter, these are few and far between. Chapter Gene Seed Flaws Very rarely, a failed aspirant will be transformed into a deformed monstrosity of a creature, with a hide as thick as Terminator armor, and, on the brink of death, these warriors may try to escape from their birthing chamber, and if they do, will go on a rampage, slaughtering anyone or anything that stands in their way. Mm. And that is the story of the Stormbreakers from Raptors 987. Raptors. So did they they have two... They sounded like they had a lot of cults going on yeah. inside the, their the chapter. Gifters, the Gifters is the cult. Yeah, yeah. but then they have a lot of Slanesh falling <laughs> marine. I don't think he said a lot. It just said every once in a while. Yeah, but that's more happens. than most. That must be the, the squat marines that they use transforming to chaos because Primaris don't fall to chaos. As we know. Ooh, as we how know. dare you insult plot like twist. I, I only know from the lores. Released by GW. <laughs> That's all I know. Uh, from the uh, so, official text. Yeah, there's a couple There's a couple timeline things that I'm a little yeah. uh, confused about, I think, is the right. I think it's just like a splattering in history. I don't know if it happens in yeah, it's not canonical order. Yeah, like, because the chapter homeworld, like, that's written like that also happened. Like, that should have been chapter history more so than, like. Well, they're founding. It's because. Yeah. The chapter homeworld was destroyed decades after the chapter was founded. No, no, no. He has a part called the chapter homeworld, and then he talks about like, oh, it's a fleet-based chapter, and then they have a small moon. Listen, yeah, that's the Horgar. It's just disorganized. Oh. Yeah, it's Horgar. Oh, okay. Horgar. The homeworld is Horgar because they don't have Horgar because they destroyed Samet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's like the, he gives like a little snippet of a story at the beginning, and then Delves into writes like it more. out after. But yeah, so yeah. it's this. It's a Dorn, it's a Imperial, Imperial Fist, Fist successor, successor, which he doesn't say. I don't think he says that until the very end when he's like, like other sons of Dorn. Yes. And I was like, oh, I didn't know this was a son of Dorn. Well, let me read it again. Well, I'm just looking through right it now. It makes more yeah. sense now. It's all coming together. <laughs> but yeah, they. Uh, 
I don't know. I like the. Do they have good mustaches? Is the only question oh, I want. Do they look like this? Get out. <laughs> do they have mustaches fitting of Dorn? <laughs> that's what I want. That to is know. his genetic lineage. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that's the his main legacy. gene seed. That <laughs> that's he their gives. mutation. They, they transplant the, well, the mustache you see the, on. The, mm-hmm. They don't actually write this in the official lore, but <laughs> headcanon is that one uh-huh. of the. Mutation, or like one of the things they implant in Sons of Dorne is the a gene crazy seed. mustache gene. Ah, the twenty second gene seed. <laughs> yes, they just put it in, and poof, <laughs> there's a beautiful mustache. It also works like porcupine quills, where it can kind of <laughs> extend. Oh, yeah. It's a no, it's a yeah. altered version of their ability to spit acid. They can spit. Yes, it's yeah. it's it no, it fires them. Yeah. They spit acid covered quills from their upper lip. They just drool acid onto their beards <laughs> and then and it uh, no, it well, the Stormbreaker just became a whole lot. I was going to say, we should probably talk about this guy's chat. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. We're on to this. <laughs> We're on to something here. Um, Give us something. The, so they, it's cool. It seems I like, like a lot of them fall to chaos, which makes complete sense because their entire chapter lives in a place that was effectively a chaos <laughs> construct. Sure, sure. Like house. <laughs> right, so maybe, I, I like that. Maybe Once they you shit on the floor. You always know there's shit on the floor. Well, exactly, how especially if it's warp, it. warp crap. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just that I assume, stain doesn't I assume that the demons were just like, why don't we like set, give them this? So they just like let them take it, <laughs> and then they're <laughs> just like sitting in there and like, oh yes, what is that chanting I always hear? <laughs> it's it's just Nothing, normal brother. part of the shit. <laughs> just <laughs> engine sounds. Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I, I think like the story of the gifters, um, like that. I just I don't know where that is. I so the planet was destroyed by orcs or ravaged by orcs. Oh, and that's yes. why they destroyed. And then it. they destroyed it themselves. Yes. Yeah. And then they fought Makes the sense. Horgar, and that's all demons. Yeah. And a space wolves war band called the Bloodborne Wolves, which is cool. And then they had the rise of the gifters. There's yeah. just there's a lot happening to this chapter, unfortunately. They're having a it's, rough time. It's a little sad for them. Yeah. Th- They're just a chaos recruiting field. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, honestly I like, like that. It seems pretty solid. I like a lot of the elements. I just think they could be refined. I really like the ship. I like how the ship can have a personality. It'd be cool if there's even like well, of course, there's unexplored chambers here. and like the ship is still alive and like there could be demons or unknown things stalking the halls well, I think of their own vessel. I think that's definitely he's left room for that because he talks about how entire portions are shut off and you yeah, can't exactly. Access so, like there's them. a lot you could do with that, which would be yeah. like super. I mean, a small moon is very large, right? For I mean, how big is the moon really? Is Pluto a moon? I don't know. Your moon. <laughs> well, let's judge it against the only moon that we can really do, which is there are like Luna. No, no, there are lots of moons. So, is Luna a normal size moon? Titan is actually very Titan large. Is, Titan is a moon. Titan it's, is. A moon. It's irregularly large. Sure. Mark's you know what, Christian? Checking. Why don't you just tell no, us no, no, how big okay. a small what's moon the average is? Moon My size. point is, there is how, no. What's the average there, size of a moon in forty k? I don't. That's even exactly. harder. Yeah, so are you going to answer Fifty-five that? kilometers. It's still a moon. <laughs> that is tiny. It's still a moon, right? Yeah, so yeah. No, no. Okay. It's still large. Back on point. It's larger than a ship. Back on point. How big is a ship? Uh, Twelve kilometers. I think that's or the biggest we have. As small as. 
I'm pretty Arvis sh- Lander. Do you just want to uh, argue yes. about this for no. some reason? Like, no, okay. I don't get it. The moon is hollow. There's aliens inside. We have ah. proof that it rings like a bell when the ships land on it. Wait, are you talking about like Dude, our moon? Dude, you're just full of crap because we all know that no one's actually landed on the moon. So how would they know that there's <laughs> ringing when they land on it? Shit. <laughs> get your head on straight. <laughs> you can't get past the Van Halen radiation belt. <laughs> I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> you can't even go that far. You can't get past the ice wall. Mm-hmm. You crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> it's because the lizard people won't let us get there. That's right. Is this not a... <laughs> A 40k podcast? There are lizard men in, in 40k, I'm pretty sure. There are in Sigmar, so I know there's probably some in 40k. Well, probably not the feedback Raptors is looking for. I, I liked it. It was a good it was a good uh, chapter background. Lots of different he obviously like I get the feeling he probably bought the uh Dark Imperium box set. <laughs> and he's like, how can I make this all play because, together? Because well, because he has well, got the nervous. chaos in there yeah. of absolutely of plague marines and stuff. Yeah, it sounds like he's like fought them before yeah fights them a lot i like probably as a buddy who would play slanesh do you hold on hold on do you think that that like how plausible could there be a cult living inside of your chapter there's entire cults within regular battle cruisers so why couldn't there be one because the chapter is like more closely knit you have things like apothecaries and chaplains like a cult as of an, one like is I could see, it, I could see it. They, right. they existed during right. the, <laughs> and they, he has all the power. Like warrior, warrior lodges existed during the Great Crusade, and lots of those, those people didn't know size, and they didn't have any like precedent for like space marine corruption before that. And they weren't like crazy mutated. Yeah, like no one's saying you have to be crazy mutated to be, to in, be this in a cult. plague cult. Yeah, I, I stretch. He's got like stretching a, he's my, got like, my belief. What do you call it? Uh, hemorrhoids. <laughs> no one can, can never heal them. <laughs> Hemorrhoids don't exist. <laughs> They're a plot by the government. <laughs> um, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, before we get lost <laughs> into the, deep into the hemorrhoid weeds, <laughs> um, there is Google something. Image that <laughs> there is something he mentions that uh, that could lend credence to having a cult living within the chapters. That they're like these insular cliques. I think he didn't really develop it much but instantly just from like the two sentences where he mentioned that in my mind i'm thinking almost like game of thrones kind of houses where people have like they're very segregated into these house factions possibly that's kind of how i read into it literally out of yeah, like two sentences they prefer to I, socialize with marines from their own household <laughs> rather than mingle with yeah others. like what is a marine household though like how many well I, how many people can people if he's talking biological household like how many people can you elevate from a household i don't how, know how big is a family dynasty would have to be to support that many Marines getting pulled out of the gene pool, right? Like you, you can't, you can't, if you're rec- recruiting kids, maybe they're just like breeders. Well, that was the other thing you mentioned. He said, um, may try to escape from the birthing chamber. I These think warriors may try to escape from their birthing chamber. I almost thought that was a typo personally, what? not a typo, just like a miss. A misprint, like space marines don't have birthing chambers. Right, maybe they I do. mean, it depends if you count like a cultural birthing chamber. Like like the blood angels, they get put in a sarcophagus and that's kind of like a, a rebirth, if you will. I will. Will you? I will. You will rebirth uh. yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I like there's I, I think there's that, a lot yeah. of, of like that dangling one. Yeah. There's like dangling ideas that I think that could be refined it, a little better. Or, but there's some cool ideas. In or it's more just that he's leaving it open for different things to influence. I like the idea 
because this is kind of what I did too. If I like what he did in that it's it, and I may be reading into this, but I think he's basing parts of his his uh, chapters lore based on what he's actually played on tabletop or something. Because I get the feeling he fought plague marines and maybe a friend who plays space <laughs> yeah. wolves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I get I get the idea Orcs that exactly he just lost to drastically, and he's sure. like, "Well, all right, I guess he, he flipped my the table." Planet. I love that. I love <laughs> I that so that much. Table. <laughs> I love it. Exterminatus <laughs> the table. I also I, that I like that old. stuff. I like it when you incorporate like the way your army has played into, into the lore. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's cool. If that's indeed what's happened. Yeah, I assume it is just because of the way they're kind of like a lot of different armies because usually people want if you're going to make your lore a lot of times people just make okay this is their prime enemy and this is who they face all the time yeah, but yeah. if you have like interactions with a lot of different ones it would make sense it's kind of based on your actual tabletop experiences which is I like that too sweet. yeah that's why I put one of Mark's armagers on one of my Necron bases just like knowing that it's better than Mark's armagers you want to rise on me? Is that what you want? Are you trying to goat me? Mark, remember the anger management. <laughs> Don't take the bait. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot there's a lot of cool tidbits in here. Um, I think it'd just be refined. Very cool. Leave lots of open doors for him to write stuff about. So but I think it's a really solid beginning. Really. Fleet based chapters too give you a lot more range to like you can be anywhere. Legitimately fight everything yeah like can you fight tau yes because i could be anywhere <laughs> especially <laughs> especially because he's also describes that it gets warp capable craft so yeah and it's like special because it can go really fast through the warp whatever sure. that means to move fast yeah. through the warp dark age of technology not understood yeah yeah it's cool okay is exterminating your planet because of orcs a little extreme though Especially because no. he only said the <laughs> exterminate this planet because of you. If I, I would had do it, <laughs> I would do it for much less. If it if it was oh. something other than orcs, maybe it wouldn't. It would be overkill. But once orcs are there, they're there forever. Yeah, but I mean, think how many planets the Imperium has intentionally retaken from orcs and made the fight worth it. Yeah, like maybe they can, help. They can purge orcs from. I think planet. you can easily come up with a rational reason for why, like, yep, we just exterminated it. Like, like a good solid reason. Like, you could I can come up with like, maybe's, but it's you could say any it's of them on are the acceptable. way. This is like too close to our. Well, I guess he said it's an Imperium nihilist, didn't he? It is. Yeah. Okay. So, and Armageddon isn't in nihilist. It's on the other side. Why is would it not? Well, Armageddon saying, has nothing to do well, with I'm, it. No, I'm saying like maybe it was close to like Armageddon and they didn't want it to be a stronghold from which to attack. Armageddon sure, is not can, the only place that the orcs have fought, though. There's orc yeah, empires know, that have no, risen Armageddon in the galaxy. Armageddon is the main example thing. because the Imperium has thrown so much effort into protecting a planet that's been overrun. Gaskul has left Armageddon. Well, he's well, no longer there. You're, 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 it doesn't matter. What are you he's talking coming about? back. What about the Imperial Fist homeworld, too? Terra? No, sorry. Crimson Fist. I don't know. Prince World? Yeah. Like, they... They fight to the last man and probably aren't going to torch the planet even when they lose. So does that mean that every chapter has to do that? No, it just seems It just is an example of it happening. Sure. I'm not saying that, like, he's right or wrong. His decision was to exterminate it, and I'm okay. Sure. Why not? What's wrong with it? I don't have a problem with that. I don't know who I'm arguing against. (laughs) Which one of you is on the other side from me? (laughs) 
No, I don't think it is. Oh. It, it's not a problem that he decided to exterminate us the planet. I, I know it's a good idea. I like it. <laughs> exterminate. We've already established that's your go-to answer for everything. Yeah, that's right. Mantis shrimp. <laughs> Goddamn, they're on this planet too. <laughs> exterminate. Exterminate. Do ch- also do chapters have the power to exterminate us planets? Is that something a chapter master would have the ability to do? His own homeworld, probably. Yeah. And there's so many different ways to exterminate us. That's like, true. Yeah, yeah. It, maybe it, the, it's not maybe like a lance battery into the core, right? He might you just, can crack the crust or just like yeah. salvo. There's I many, know. many different ways. It's just it's no longer inhabitable. Fly a moon into it. So yeah, <laughs> that's what I would do personally. I think that's an awesome. Rocks way. are not free, citizen. <laughs> Yeah. But it's an investment. But <laughs> let's move on to the uh, next one. So thank I you, can, Raptors, for your story of the Stormbreakers. Uh, uh, oh, the next Joshua. one is... I want to do it. Now. It's Necron. Yeah, uh, well, you, already, you jumped you the gun there, it, guy. So. Damn it. I will take the Necron. All right. Because I don't know if this one is... You got to do yeah, it in a Necron okay. accent, though, James. In the waning... <laughs> in the waning years of the Necron so Empire. this is sent to us from Joshua. Yes, Joshua. Joshua. Okay, so in the waning years of the Necron Empire, after both the Old Ones and the Satan, or Catan, or Satan, however you like it. It's definitely Catan. It's Kitten. It's open, it's open no, to interpretation. No, they confirmed it. Yeah, well, it's they like confirm kite. a lot of things. <laughs> Still open to interpretation. <laughs> Still open to interpretation. <laughs> All right, fine. There lied a long-forgotten dynasty. The dynasty was called the Nusera. Dynasty. That one is not open to interpretation. That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> Scanning. <laughs> After the small system of four planets called... Uh, sorry, now I screwed it up because I was being a dick. So I'll just start that sentence again. This dynasty was called the Nusera Dynasty. After the small system of four planets called simply Isis. Ah. It had within each planet in the Goldilocks zone, thus all being like Terra. This dynasty was ruled by Lord Nephris, the kind. The dynasty did not have powerful warriors, and the lord's court was small, with one cryptech and a small detachment of lichguard. The cryptech, known by the name of Nasataka, the brilliant, and the commander of the lichguard being the lord's closest friend since adolescence. His name was Satori, the honorable. He loved his people, and his people loved him. Their Satan, who had long who had a name long forgotten by both the Satan and the Necrontir alike, was a kind being who cared for the people of Nusera dynasty as if they were her children. During the biotransference, she knew what they would mean. She knew what that would mean for the Necrontir, and she hated the idea of taking the souls of what she believed were her children. Only after Lord Nephris begged on his knees to this god of reality did she proceed with the biotransference however she did the one thing no other satan would do she took no amount of consciousness or free will from any of the now known necron Hmm. years after the biotransference and the loss of one of the dynasty's planets to the cork lord nephris realized realized the error of his decision to make his people into Necron, thus losing the pleasures of the flesh. Once he went to the Satan to ask her to change them back, she sorrowfully told him that she couldn't, due to the souls of the Nusera dynasty's people being long consumed. She then told the Lord that all the other Satan were either killed 
or captured as a power source, and soon the other Necron in the galaxy would come for her. She then told the Lord that she could always be with the people by putting herself in the center of their tomb world, being the power of the Nisera dynasty, turning the neon green to a dark purple. The Lord sorrowfully returned to his throne, slumping, and slowly the dark purple of his staff and people fading into blackness of the mass tomb to sleep for millions of years. The year is 999M41. <laughs> Don't laugh. I'm in character. <laughs> what character? <laughs> James, the reader of lore. <laughs> and the great lord of the long-forgotten dynasty slowly begins to glow his dark purple. As his systems slowly begin to come back online, the first thing that he wonders is, what year is it? Then his thoughts slowly drift towards his color, the purple reminding him of the kind Satan that he once knew and sadness slowly filled him. As the rest of his subjects slowly rise, he leaves his throne room to see how this planet has how, how his planets have fared in the time of the great sleep. To his surprise, he found a moderately populated world celebrating his awakening. A man in priest robes began walking up to him and bowed. Oh, great metallic one. We, the people of Isis Prime, are your humble servants. The almighty Praetorians have foretold of your awakening. We hope to serve you in hopes you rebirth us in your image. As Lord Nephros looked at the man with great confusion, Nasataka came from behind and said in a cold metallic voice, My Lord, perhaps these people can be an asset to the dynasty. Nephros looked back at his cryptech and said in an almost soft but authoritative voice, No, my friend, we obtain from having... S- it's supposed to be abstained. Oh, abstained, sorry. Yeah. No, my old friend, we abstained from having slaves before the sleep, and we will not start now. The Lord turned back to the priest, and with sadness in his voice, he explained what had happened to his people, and that the metallic bodies were not a blessing, but a curse. He told the man he and his people were not gods, and that they they would not take them as slaves, but if they wish to stay and live on this world, as well as the other planets in the system, they can. The priest looked at the metallic creature with happiness and turned and told his people with excitement that they were free from their fear of obliteration. The priest turned back to the Lord and said that the Praetorians told them if they didn't worship the Necron of this planet as gods, they would be exterminated. After the inclusion of the humans to the dynasty, the kind Lord learned that the third planet in the system was destroyed by an asteroid thousands of years ago. This information sent Lord Nephras into a deep sadness because that was tens of thousands of his people completely wiped out. Months passed, and the remaining Necron of the Nyosera dynasty, and with the little ships that Lord Nephras the Kind had at his disposal, he began to set out on journeys to bring more tomb worlds into his dynasty. His warriors ready, and the ships prepared, he slipped the moorings of the planet. Thank you, James. Nephras the Kind. Lord of the three worlds of Isis. <laughs> Bless us with your rulership. That's James the Honor Bard. us <laughs> with your kindness. <laughs> that jingle was for free. <laughs> you can take that and play it before all of your battles. Holy shit. It's, it's going to come out on the official Lorehammer CD. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really cool little tidbits in here 
Um, He's kind. Do you want to? Uh, it's very different. Hit the nail on the head there. Well, <laughs> there's also some things Eric's that trying to make a compliment sandwich here. Oh yeah, there's some interesting <laughs> things. I can't remember what they were. No, no, no. Okay, so I, let's I go. Let's it's go. One of the really cool things you don't normally see. Uh, benevolent Necron, and yeah, it's yeah. really cool to see someone who actually has written, like he turned the whole thing on its head. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, and I think that's really cool. Like I, I don't write that way. Like that's that wasn't my thing, but I nobody does. Like everyone always views Necron as evil and hateful and spiteful and vengeful, but this is benevolent, merciful, like graceful. Like this, I like it. I like. I really yeah, like that I aspect no to it. I actually like it that the scope of it is small too. Like he's a yeah. small time guy. I like yeah. that. He, he yep. specifically and intentionally keeps it small too. He never says like, or oh, he was once masterful and he was once this ruler yeah. or now he's going to go and conquer the galaxy. Well, he does say he's, he's going to go join them. Now he, uh, he began to set on on journeys to bring more tomb worlds into his dynasty. His warriors ready and the ships prepared. He slipped the moorings of the planet. So he is now intention is to bring people into his dynasty. But I don't think it's. But you don't know how that's going to turn out. Yes, exactly. He's not like this all powerful. Like I'm just going to change the whole Necron lore. Exactly. From the inside out. Yes. Yeah. And he's. If anything, he sounds like someone who would approach a planet first and say, "Please, like this is what I can gift you as yeah. a member of my dynasty. Would you like to join?" He sounds very much like how I view a Tau would act what happens sure. if they yeah, find each you, other not sure. every single character needs to be grim dark in every no, 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 way, absolutely so. not so I, I i really like that aspect of sure. this because you yeah. never really see it with necron yeah. Yeah. yeah i like the sacrificial Catan. i like the idea of a Catan that is also very different like this this seems like a very isolated like one-off whoa yeah. like crazy not only is this a nice necron lord but it's also like a benevolent Catan. like did one learn from the other or was yeah. one influenced by the other so yeah i and really like nothing that. that says like satan or like the evil i like, do i do struggle with that one i like it i do and i don't why? i don't think this kind of i don't think this is bad enough that it breaks it no but you you do hear the Catan being like predatory and there's and like hungering for souls. I think so there's like, a piece yeah. of information missing that would would really fix that plot yeah, hole. That's and the one that's, thing that kind of just doesn't. How is click. this Catan sustaining itself? Uh, so it just be feeding off the sun still. But it's it's not. But it needs to be written. Something needs. to Yes, be like like you're you're or maybe there's that. like because all Catan, or or all Catan sure. feed off people. That's like their normal so, instinct. Is no, 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 no. Yeah. Which they, ones they, didn't? They got they all of them got on fine eating suns. Exactly. Until it's because they, they transferred over because they tasted. Yes, and then they even started souls. eating each other. So sure, yeah. So yeah. all I'm saying is that, but that's but they don't no... need the souls to no, exist. No, no, no. I'm not saying they don't need, and that's it. what I'm saying. It doesn't break the lore. I'm just saying like the character of a Catan. Like I'm just well, all no, I'm saying so... is it's missing the fact that this Catan at some point realized like it sustained itself other ways, and it, it didn't want right. It no longer wanted to be a part of every other Catans, I... and it it wanted to be different. So I always get the impression that the Catan. I'll say it properly for you guys. Catan. Yeah, <laughs> chitin. <Chitin? laughs> I I I always got the impression that they're more just like almost they're like one of two things. They're either animals that just kind of feed wherever is convenient or whatever is best, or they just consider everything so beneath them that they don't even really care. They're just well, that's just like me eating a fruit or something. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a living thing, but I'm just gonna eat it because yeah. why not? I'm yeah. better than an apple tree. So I think that you'd have to. Ex- I think it would be cool to explore. Why does this Satan sure. decide that it cares about things so beneath it? So, 
difference to 10 do enjoy doing different things like there's one that literally just enjoys burning down the webway why does it enjoy doing it well it just enjoys doing that sure. does it benefit in any way no it just enjoys doing that so the same way this one could just enjoy being compassionate maybe it got just like a small little <laughs> oh thank you and it was like i like that maybe that was its first encounter like and that's all i think it'd be worth like, finding out what that reason is though. sure yeah. sure and, and it, i think that would be really I, yeah, cool i don't think it breaks anything no, no, i don't not think at all. anything's and that's yeah. yeah that's what i'm saying like it yeah. doesn't break it but i don't you, think it's unbelievable even no. no it's like it's like when you're used to like stories of wolves like if i threw you in the wilderness and there were wolves around Nine times out of ten, the wolves would eat you. But maybe it's and the story of the time, little kid Liam who... Liam Neeson will save you. From the, <laughs> wolves. From the wolves, yes. <laughs> no, but, like, then you have the story of, like, Mowgli, who gets adopted and raised. Or, yeah. like, Remus and Romulus, right? Like, it's the one-off where the wolf yeah. didn't eat you instantly. Or if we take it 40K terms, Lemon Russ. Wolves. He was also yeah. wolves. <laughs> he was also wolf. He was wolved. <laughs> Whatever that uh-huh. means. Yeah. No, I, I like the story. Um, yeah, yeah I don't have just, a problem with it. It's very different than what you expect, but it's not. I really like it. Yeah, like a yeah. lot. The, there's Keep one your scopes small in almost all stories. There's one makes line it a lot easier to deal with. There's one line in here that I don't agree with. It's I think the, I could pick it out. Sure, go for it. Um, so it's the part where they talk about the consciousness. Pew, 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 yeah. That's the only thing I don't so like. So the Catan well. had no control over the loss of consciousness of the uh, Necronter race. That yeah. was everything to do with the Silent King. Yeah. Um, so the line is, however, she did the one thing no other Catan would do. She took no amount of consciousness or free will from any one of the now known Necron. So the Catan gave them the... Not technology, but the knowledge of how to perform the biotransference. Yeah. And the Silent King was the one who determined how it would go. They, they, the Catan told them how to do it. And in the end, the Silent King was the one that pushed the button that did it. And in that yeah. process, the free will and consciousness was swallowed up. And then the souls that were led off during that process are yeah. what the Catan consumed. So in the moment of biotransference, the souls of these individuals would also have disappeared, left their bodies. Even if this um Catan didn't consume them they're gone sure but the consciousness but, aspect had nothing to do with her and would have been everything to do with the sound yeah. king so if you how would you remedy that i don't know you could say that the it, at the very last minute the cryptics learned about it and they had just enough time to rewrite just the tiniest yeah. bit of code or something yeah, yeah. so you could come up with some i think like you could that. but i would just slightly change that so it's no longer the a gift from the Catan. yeah um but but even the Catan. what if the Catan interfered yeah, yeah, yeah she exactly. could have been the one who warned step, them or stepped yeah. in like physically somehow like manifested in some way messing with the tech to make it so yeah. that sure could. yeah even that and that, that's yeah. like an act of mercy for her she actually yes. put herself into it but i also think another just act of mercy is just the fact that even though their souls were lost and they had no control over that she still refused to eat and partake of yeah. them and she's i like think a that, vegan she's a vegan that in and of itself <laughs> is is like a very big deal because <laughs> So, but I really like is it. Hundred percent natural. Is it free range sun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like no, it's the a Dyson Sphere sun. I don't. I don't like that kind. <laughs> it's got too many GMOs. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I like this vegan content thing. Yeah, Let's I, keep rolling. With I it. like the sacrifice she makes. Yeah, I like that. Um, it like absorbs into 
the energy that they all use and so yeah it's, it's I, almost like, like honestly, it's a constant I, reminder of what she's done and yeah for them so i like the i love the interaction between the lord and the priest and the priest is like hey we're so ready to worship you it's exactly what the praetorians would have been doing for 60 million years yeah and the guy's like no like don't do that. And then he's like, oh, good, because I thought you were going to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah. yeah. No, very cool. Yeah, I, I really, really like, like it. it. Yeah. I don't normally... Uh, I don't normally like these lore things that no, people send. I, I have a hard time liking written Necron because, hmm. um, I don't know, I just... It's just because I write it myself. Because it's so beneath so. you, Eric. Mm. Eric the No, Katan. I just... I already write it myself, so I already know how I, how I like it and then to find something Someone else. else's flavor. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's nice. Suddenly, it was a good flavor. Thank Rocky you, Road. Joshua. <laughs> I'd like to see some of your purple Joshua. Necron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to see your Lord. What's his name? Uh, Nefk. The Nyuser Dynasty. What's his name? Nasatka uh, is the cryptic. And the Lord is Nephorus. Nephorus. Yeah, I like that. Realize the error of his decision to make his people go into Necron, thus losing the pleasures of the flesh. Yeah, you lost the pleasures, but you also lost the pain of being Necron Tur. Yeah, because oh, it that's... sucked being Necron Tur. It really sucked being Necron Tur. <laughs> but did it it's suck just suffering living forever without being able to interact with anything? Yeah, but they also have. Have you seen Pirates of the Caribbean, their... Eric? Uh, yeah. Their immortality is their core curse, exactly. Well, well, some people see it that way, but sure. Eric would totally be a zombie pirate, and he'd be cool with it because he's. Well, I wouldn't be a zombie pirate. He's not I'd a slave a, to the pleasures of the I'd flesh. I'd be a lord, so <laughs> zombie pirate lord. Yes. Zombie pirate. I would oh. earn my pleasures. Queen in of other the Black ways. Seas. Yes. <laughs> your Anyways. sadistic pleasures, even those, would be taken. Not satisfied. They would turn ash into your mouth. All right, Christian. Do you want to read? Yes. Thomas. 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 Thomas, the scholar. And he wrote the history of the Order of the Crimson Lily. Oh, Crimson. The fall <laughs> of Betelis IV, 143 M41 to 151 M41. Mm. The Order of the Crimson Lily has its origin in the closing stages of the 12th Black Crusade, when surviving members of the diocese under Cardinal Faust led from Betelis IV as it was taken over by the forces of chaos. Cardinal Hieronymus Faust was able to evacuate with a, the most of the precious relics, but only about half of his diocese, escorted by the Elysia system, escorted to the Elysia system by the order of the Ebon Chalice. During a visit to a shrine dedicated to St. Arabella on Elysium, Hieronymus Faust was overcome with a vision to lead his diocese to the segment, Segmentum Ultima in pilgrimage. They were accompanied by a preceptory of the Order of the Sacred Rose under Canonist Norea, which aided the Cardinal in reconquering and cleansing a number of shrines and relics from marauders, filthy Xenos, and chaos cultists Filth. over the course of two decades. Filthy Xenos. The founding. Disgusting. 163M41. The pilgrim. You guys need to be saying prayers in the background while I read. <laughs> Not so low guy, though. It's all <laughs> Not to oh, We should burn incense in here as we do this. It would help with the smell. Sure. Just drifting. <laughs> Wafting. Yeah. The founding, 163M41. The pilgrimage ended on the world of Rackus IV when Cardinal Foss found a field of crimson lilies in the desert, the site of an unspecified battle lost history. 
except for local folklore that survived in oral retellings over the millennia. This was the precise field he recalled from his vision 20 years earlier, which he saw as the guiding hand of the emperor. The Cathedral of the Crimson Lily was built in honor of the god emperor of mankind on the very spot the pilgrimage ended. The Order of the Crimson Lily was founded with a new order militant consisting of former members of the Sacred Rose Preceptory that had survived the lengthy pilgrimage and some reinforcements of the Bloody Rose that joined in over the years. Canonus Noriea of the Sacred Rose was ordained by the Cardinal as the first canoness of the new order. At the same time, the Hospitaller Order of the Crimson Cross is founded that cares for the wounded. A new order, 164M41 to 299M41. In its first 150 years, the Order of the Crimson Lily was relatively few major engagements. Instead, it spent the majority of their time safeguarding pilgrims traveling to nearby shrines in Segmentum Ultima, as well as the Cathedral of the Crimson Lily, which was completed in 222 M41. A Scola Progenium facility was founded in 166 M41 and completed five years later, which gave the new order easy access to novices. The Scala Progenium was named after Hieronymus Faust by the Cardinal and located near the new capital of Gothenburg. The non-militant orders of the Divine Cipher, Dialogus, and Sacred Path, Famulus, were founded to support the rapidly growing cathedral and manage the great influx of pilgrims to the previously sparsely populated world. Fending off water pirates and rooting out heretics trying to poison the minds of pilgrims kept the order busy and generated a sizable income, enabling the order to afford the best equipment and training. The lack of drinking water on the planet with a rapidly growing population made it most valuable commodity, and the ecclesiarchy owned and operated all water purifiers on the planet. The Battle Sisters saw relatively little action compared to a frontier world, but found themselves often being executioners of those who stole drinking water, an offense punishable by death and dehydration. Criminals guilty of major crim crimes on Rakis would not be simply killed, sent to labor camps or otherwise wasted but processed to extract every drop of precious water from them and return it to society before what little remained would be scattered in the desert and left to the vultures. It's like Dune. Hmm. I recognize your gift of your body's water in the manner in which it was given. Hmm. There you go. That's Dune. <laughs> That's Dune. <laughs> I like Dune. Me too. Everyone likes Dune. War of Faith, 300 M41 to 399 M41. The Order encountered significant corruption on Copule 4 in 359M41, which led to the involvement of Ultramarines, who cleansed the entire planet. And in, in, in 399M41, Rakis 4 saw a short-lived but vicious war of faith, started by two priests who argued at length over the location of a semicolon in the litanies of faith, which sounds minuscule but would completely change the meaning of the entire paragraph. <laughs> the situation escalated to the point where both sides calling the other heretical, trying to convince the order militant to take down the opposing force. Almost daily riots needed to be dispersed, and many knights saw burning of heretics, quote-unquote, in and around Gothburg. The situation was finally resolved when Inquisitor Hengst arrived to invest. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. 
Parker, engineering your success. Investigate an unrelated incident. He invited both priests to their respective entourage to a conclave to prevent any more bloodshed. To the surprise of many, the conclave was ambushed by orc snipers, killing the priests with precise bolt gun shots to the head <laughs> before gun. wiping out their entourage in gruesome fashion. Luckily, Inquisitor Hanks and his loyal stormtroopers were saved by the grace of the Emperor, but the orc snipers disappeared without a trace. After the issue is resolved, <laughs> the Apriorists needed a remind, to remind the non-militant members of the Ecclesiarchy that no sister of an order militant shall accept direct orders from a ministerium priest, and the final word in military matters must always be that of a sister of the order militant. A canonist of a major order or inquisitor would be the only exceptions where direct orders or requests to a sister of the Crimson Lily was, were to be considered. With shocking regularity, every successive prioress needed to remind countless ministerium priests of this simple fact over and over. Do we want to almost talk about each one of these before going on? Because I feel like there's a lot of cool information that we're not going to remember what, uh, after we read it all. I'm just going to pick, like I've picked one or two that okay. I, I really like. So Do you want, do you want to do it now? We'll I would read little... the whole thing. Read the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's long, but yeah. Yeah. It, the, I'm just really enjoying it so I far. I know. So yeah. Me like, too. I don't want to. Me too. Lose it all. You know. Armageddon in the month of shame. 400 M41 to 499 M41. Three preceptories of the Order of the Crimson Lily dispatched to support the Adeptus Militarum in protecting the nearby hive world Armageddon when the enormous Space Hulk Devourer of Stars approached in 444 M41. Very little information made it back to Rackus IV due to information blackout enforced by the Inquisition. The sisters suffered heavy losses by the hands of World Eater Chaos Space Marines before help arrived in the form of Space Wolves and Grey Knights. <gasps> Gasp. <laughs> Fuck. They're screwed. Get wiped. <laughs> we know what Grey Knights do to sisters of that. Yeah. Poor little sisters. The few surviving <laughs> women of the Crimson Lily found themselves trapped on the world after the Inquisition forcefully sterilized every surviving fighting man and woman on the planet to stop the spread of the chaos taint. They were sent into labor camp, and only a dozen women of the Crimson Lily eventually fled the planet with the help of the Space Wolves. <laughs> when returning to Rakus IV, they all volunteered to Repentia squads out of shame of having left some of their battle sisters behind. When the Inquisition inquired of if there were any members of the fighting forces returning, the Prioress informed them that all three preceptories were lost in their entirety. The Inquisition then rem reminded the Prioress the three preceptories never existed, as no official records of them still exist. The loss of the three full preceptories that never existed was a brutal blow to the Order, which just reached its peak strength with five two preceptories prior to the first War of Armageddon, and were now down as they always were, one combat read preceptory and one consisting of only novices, correcting by the wise and ever-watchful Inquisition. <laughs> it was... Supposed to be like five, crossed out yeah, two. two yeah. <laughs> yeah. The centuries of silence, 441 to 699 M41. For nearly 250 years, the Order of the Crimson Lily did not leave Rackus IV. In 666 M41, an Inquisition vessel containing a rogue psyker, redacted, crash landed in the northern hemisphere of Rackus IV. The only surviving members of the Order Malleus, Inquisitor Katerina, oh my gosh, it's a Russian name, Shevakloa. Shevakloa. Very. Wow. Requested support from the Battle Sisters. He knows a lot about Russian women. <laughs> I won't tell you how. Well, there are many that. in my area, so. <laughs> yeah, and they want to meet me. Especially when so you I go to them. the strip club. I mean, when you seek them out, you will find them. I always get ads, Russian women in your area. It's also so definitely sure, that's not. That's how it is. A Russian name. <laughs> no one it's a that. Czech name because it starts with Cheveke. 
I don't think that's how it works, but I know, I know, <laughs> I know everyone yeah. who lives in Czechoslovakia okay. or are screaming. And if you don't, if you, as soon as you cross that border, no one's a Czech. Yeah. We got a bunch of emails about the Mick versus Mac. Oh, We're going to get a bunch from like Eastern <laughs> yeah. Europe. Did you actually? Yeah. Oh, yes. Like probably three or four <laughs> easily. Yeah. Yes, this you is get the good. most hate. Ever. Controversy. Prepare for the, uh, yeah, the James complaints at gmail.com. <laughs> it's a real thing. It's Carry a on. real Sorry, <laughs> I stress. We were in the centuries of silence. Yes. <clears throat> requested support from the Battle Sisters. The, the Inquisitor requested support from the Battle Sisters. A little hesitant due to the shameful incident in 444 M41, the Prioress agreed since she understood the danger of a rogue psyker roaming on her planet. Denying an Inquisitor, even though she was not of the Order Hereticus, would also not have been a wise move. By the time the Preceptory under Canonist Agatha arrived with a mechanized battalion of Rakis PDF, the psyker had already subjugated a number of the feudal desert tribes as well as one PDF infantry regiment with the foul powers of his mind. For reasons only known to the Inquisition, the sisters were prohibited from decimating the rogue PDF and outright annihilating the rogue Psyker, instead were forced to suffer significant losses in efforts to apprehend him. The astral watchtower was built from the limestone found in the salty wastelands of Desolus, and clad in ceramite and adamantium plates to restrain the sorcerer, <laughs> while Ketri- Katerina, or Katerina was waiting for reinforcement. Desolus was a forbidden area that desert tribes would not dare to cross. Legend tells of foul beasts waging wars there in dark age of technology, reducing a once lush oasis to a salt plain where no animal could survive and no plant would ever grow. Inquisitor Chevaclova made Rakis the base of her operations for a number of decades. In the following centuries, the Inquisition would gradually expand the astral watchtower from a single prison cell into the massive prison complex and Psyker Asylum it is today. The desert tribes that were mind-controlled by the Psyker still repay the sisters of for their shameful lack of mental strength, which was allowing the witch to poison their minds. The desert tribes pledged their strongest ten daughters every year to recruit to the Order Militant of the Crimson Lily until the end of time. Knightly Orders and Virtuous Sisters, 741 to 799 M41. I think we're going to go all the way. It does. We're gonna go. It goes all the way. <laughs> all right. In 712 M41, sinister Eldar pirates suddenly assaulted Rakis IV. In a series of fast strikes, they maneuvered around the stunned defenders until it became clear that the pirate's goal was to capture slaves from the Skull of Progenium. Despite being severely outnumbered and outgunned, the commandery closest to the Skola attacked the Eldar Raiders with fire and fury that was shocking to the Xenos, who were finding themselves suddenly in a defensive position they were not prepared for. Cutting their losses, the sinister Eldar disappeared as quickly as they appeared. When Prioress Agatha investigated the matter, she quickly realized that a large number of women of the commandery in question seemed to have very strong emotional connections to specific children in the Scola. The rules regarding celibacy within the Order were adjusted to closer represent the realities of the Order is facing. In 799M41, the Crusader House of the Holy Order of the Knight Templar, dedicated to St. Arabella Ascendant, is founded. One of many crusader houses of the time, nothing would indicate that the order would su- survive any longer than any of the others. The Crusades, 800M41 to 899M41. Grandmaster Hildebrand leads the first of many crusades <laughs> to the Selenica system from 810M41 against a number of worlds branded heretical by the cardinal, 
returning with the number of priceless relics at the head of the anti-cardinal Varnos the Purple. As a result, the Crusades were able to build a castle on the outskirts of Nueva Castilla. The Order repeated its crusade every decade, but with diminishing returns since the Selenica system had only a finite number amount of plunder and heretics. Priorus Catalina takes command of the Order in 855M41, after Priorus Walburgia is slain by Elder Pirates. Catalina was a rather unconventional approach and does have little patience for the daily business of running an order. Under her leadership, the standards for promotion are based on her personal preference rather than faith and merit. Since the Battle Sisters have not truly been tested since the Elder attack one century ago, this does not immediately cause trouble. The Selenica system is overrun by Oryx in 895M41. When the Inquisition ordering an exterminatus to contain the Greenskin Plague, they are ending a series of profitable crusades for the Templars. However, coin begets coin, and the Templars have long since lost the need for crusades to bolster their economy. The End Times, 941-999-M41 In 905-M41, Inquisitor Balthazar Hineman, excuse me, traveled to Rakis IV over vague rumors of chaos infestation. Priorus Guinevere took over command of the Order of the Crimson no. Lily in 906-M41. <laughs> After Priorus Catalina was ambushed by ruthless orc snipers. No! <laughs> <laughs> rank- Unrelated to the other orc snipers, I promise. <laughs> the ranks of Sister Repentia squads were suddenly swelling. Inquisitor Hineman departed three years later after he was satisfied that no chaos infestation had taken root and declared not a single battle sister had fallen to chaos. But they had fallen to work snipers. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> While not directly involved with the Second War of Armageddon in 941 M41, the Order found itself dealing with orc incursions in neighboring systems for years to come. They dealt with it by sending the Primaris Preceptory against the Greenskins a number of times. During the last crusade, Sister Seraphim redacted and is found redacted. Upon return to Rakis IV, she volunteers to a Repentia squad. The woman finds her death at the hand of a corn cultist and is reborn at the hand of an ultramarine apothecary after seven years of continuous repentance in as many systems. Upon return, she is being allowed back into the fold, reborn as Anastasia, but she finds it difficult to integrate with her fellow sisters. Priorus Guinevere grants Anastasia commandery, which draws from fellow sisters that find it difficult to reintegrate into the Order for any number of reasons. These misfits have their finest hour nearly two decades later when the Doom Warden's Space Marine chapter turns rogue and attacks the Astral Watchtower. According to the Inquisition, the Doom Wardens attempt to free Renegade Slaker. In the ensuing close quarter combat, the Doom Wardens are not only stopped but nearly wiped out, but the Chapter Master of the cha- and the Chaplain of the Doom Wardens are able to escape and are still at large. When the Third War for Armageddon started in 991M41, a preceptory of the Order of the Crimson Lily was requested by the Order of the Argent Shroud. With the Argent Shroud being one of the six major orders, the Crimson Lily felt it necessary to comply, and the preceptory Secundus was sent. Canonist Carmina of the Argent Shroud used the Crimson Lily to secure supply lines and for counterattacks to relieve pressure on the main forces, but did not set foot onto the planet itself. The Preceptory suffered major casualties as a result, and will likely need years to rebuild under her new canonists. In the time in the same year, the new and current Cardinal Astral Maximilian Faust VII is ordained as the new ruler of the planet, taking over from his predecessor Hieronymus Faust III. Maximilian is an orthodox offender of the Ecclesiarchy, and with his 74 years of age at the time of ordination, still very young for a cardinal. 
The commandery of the Canis Kyria was sent to the hive world, Bogan, in 992 M41. I think it's Clara. Oh, that's definitely an L. Yeah, yeah. Clara. To aid the evacuation of the Ecclesiarchy personnel and important relics. After landing it, it is, it is made clear that the main interest of Cardinal Lichtstein is a safe passage for his extended family and the ri- riches while the planet faces extinction by the hands of the Orc Wa. The sisters aided in the defense of Vanator, where Canonist Clara was slain by a warboss in front of her troops. Sister Marsala rallied, rallied the troops and defied the orcs, killing the warboss with her combi melta, subsequently organizing the defense until the 501st Vanator Armored Division arrived three weeks later. The Imperial forces were mounting a massive counterattack until the Greenskins were eventually purged from the planet Vogan. Marcella is promoted to Canonist, an N995 M41, after Canonist Marcella sent out to defend the shrine world of Habakkus III, finding herself pitted against a tendril of High Fleet Leviathan. Dark Imperium, 001 M42. As the 13th Black Crusade started in earnest, the Order of the Crimson Lily was initially blissfully unaware, dealing with the Corsairs and irritated pilgrims until the planet Cadia broke and a rift tore the galaxy apart. Rakis IV found itself isolated from the light of the Astronomicon and the side of the Dark Imperium. Among the weak of mind, rumors quickly spread that the, this would mark the end times. <laughs> I think that's a shot at the fans. <laughs> uh, and that the disappearance of the light of the Astronomicon means God Emperor himself would be dead. This rise in heresy would feel, was fueled by the Terran real space across the Imperium, which is visible with a naked eye at night from Rakis IV itself bathing the surrounding in a dim purple light after sunset. Arbites in the Order moved out in the forest to quell unrest, but for every, for every heretic purge, two more seemed to appear. Canonist Maria tried to get in contact with the Inquisitors of the Astral Watchtower, but when her Aquila lander approached, they were unable to get close to the facility. The whole Psyker prison is under a dome-shaped force field. Any attempts on penetrating unsuccessful so far? It is not even clear if this field is a result of the unholy warp activity caused by the inmates or some protection mechanism of the Inquisition from the Dark Age of Technology. Rakis IV is suddenly finding itself on the front lines to traitor legions, chaos demons, and xenos races. The end. Hot diggity. That's a history book. Man, I feel like I was reading a history book. It's awesome. That's what I like about it. It is so awesome. Yeah. I like that kind of lore. Like sometimes you read lore and they jump in between first person and third person, but this one was very much written like a history yeah, book it, from somebody in the universe. I was picturing, I, I was picturing like a video of a timeline, and every time, like this, it's a notch, and then he would explain what happened in this notch, and then yeah, he would yeah. explain what happened in that one, and then that yeah. one. Uh, you list, uh, sorry, this is who Thomas. You list like heroes. Tomas. You list heroes from each of these like time breaks that you yeah. have, which is awesome. Like yeah. the you connect that psyker into three different things that are very different from each other, but he comes back continuously. Like, yeah. I I think this is great. Yeah, this is probably one of my favorites so far. <laughs> yeah, I think for so. sure. Uh, I like, too, that he, the writer really kind of understands a lot of 40K. Like, there's a lot of grimdark stuff in here, but then there's also some comical moments, like orc snipers or just, like... Shots at fans. Yeah, if that was, yeah. yeah if it definitely was, was sure. the, amongst the weak-minded claiming it's the end times. Remember when everyone was panicking, like, oh, they're going to end Never. times 40K. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I rem- sure, I remember that's, that. That's I don't, what it was. I don't know if that is. Like, I think that would have actually happened, too. Thomas, you got to speak up here. But, yeah, but I, honestly, like, <laughs> yeah. every aspect of good. this, you could, 
Like, so you broke it down, and Christian did this, said this, like, it's the War of Faith, which is 300 M41 to 399 M41. Yeah. So over that 100 years, like, you talk about what happened. Uh, yeah. There was Gothenburg, there was Heretics, there was Inquisitor Hengst, and, and then, you know, the next 100 years, like, a different thing happens, and then that's what it's called. And I, Yeah. No, I, I love it. Like, yeah. I wrote my Imperial Knight history, like, this kind of style, too. Like, I really enjoy this over then stories, so, mm. but... Yeah, no, it's it's very clear too. Like, I love the astral watchtower. I yep. love Desolus. Yeah. I love the fact that the space wolves help them break out of the prison. Sure, because yeah. especially because the Grey Knights, like, they're on that planet and they're probably like, yeah, put everyone there if you don't just kill them, whatever. And then the space wolves specifically are going against those wishes. And yeah. so, on that note, <sighs> it's good they, stuff. They actually integrated something that actually happened in 40k, like a big yes, event. the months of shame. Yes. And put that inserted themselves in such a way that they didn't interfere with the story, but they yeah. could also be participants in the story, which yeah. is always cool. It's, it's very if you're gonna cool. get involved in yeah. established lore, you got to do it in a way that you're not like, yeah, oh yeah, but, my guy was right behind Goleman uh, while he was being anointed. You just didn't yeah, see him; he's yes. off in the corner, right? But that, he could be in the crowd, right? Absolutely, it could have been like they were there in the crowd when Goleman spoke or whatever. Right, exactly. Or I was there when the order was passed yeah. down, but you know, it's not like I'm participating. Yeah, in there, or like right? I'm the one that did. You know, I anointed Goleman, or you know, yeah, that would be crazy. crazy. Yeah. But no, I like Thomas has a really nice mastery of inserting his lore in a way that. That is no, a part of no one 40K. knows that the lore is being penetrated, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> inserts kind of, discreetly like, and it's, yeah. it's, just, yeah. it's inserting his story in, in a way the, that we just like. Just the tip, though. Yeah. <laughs> his story is just just yeah. the tip inside yeah. there. Yeah, no, very very fucking good. I I really enjoyed it. I might have to. So this person sent us uh, seventeen pages. It was a and lot. Normally, I look at a number like that and I'm like, Nah, I'm not Next. reading that. <laughs> but like, we we didn't read all seventeen of those pages. But I'm I think I'm gonna go go back and do it. Yeah, because there's a lot of cool stuff that's it's got like, artwork in the little book. Yeah, and like breaks down the read. color scheme. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. It's very good. Yeah, I yeah, uh, we read like five of the lots of Dune pages. references. I. Rackus. The plan is called Rackus. Yeah, yeah. There's like lists of characters and stuff. I, I like, don't know. I like that when they first go to the planet, like water is a real big thing, and then they talk about how the ecclesiarchy controls all the water, and then it it does come back. Like it, you know, comes back later. And yeah. I like the battle between the two priests in a civil war. There's also some real history, obviously inserted in there, which yeah. is always cool. Just a very forty. It was really it. good, honestly. Yeah, criticisms. Honestly, don't have anything. You don't have anything. No. What about using the fourth planet of every solar system? Oh, really? That just um, happens to be <laughs> the fourth planet of every. Planet. Well, it's the same thing with the uh, captains of third companies. Third, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. what, what's the other one? There's Rackus Four. There's a couple. Four kept coming up. There is a seven uh, in there too, but four. Trying to find four this. just kept well, popping up at me. If you look at the solar systems. The if you want to live in the, in the band. Goldilocks on yeah. Except, does that hold true? <laughs> oh, yeah, Battle is for. I've been there, yes. You've been to all stars, Mark. Interesting. <laughs> He's been around. So he has been to the moon, and he does know it rings like a bell. Interesting. <laughs> That's, that okay, changes, now I don't that changes everything. So who no killed JFK? No one's been to the moon. Mark. <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> He'll kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't have anything negative to say. Just yeah. It's what about the, cool. the 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 Sister Battle Reborn? Battle. I don't know. It's like sainthood. Why would an ultramarine apothecary I, I perform think, surgeries on a human? I just think could have been out of respect. Sorry. Yeah. Question. No, no, no. I I was gonna say the same thing. Like just yeah. if you for seven years. 
I think is that what he said? He was performing surgeries on her for seven years. Uh, it seems like a long, a lot of effort. It, yeah, it could be, be also like rehabilitation or whatever rehabilitation. I'm I'm oh, a little I was leery. The impression that it was like she kept dying over and over again in battle, and he was bringing her back for seven years. Yeah, that's. I don't, I don't know if a pod carries are that good. I would I have. Know. A, I would that's have a problem with that. If you're, if you're so. a saint, it literally could have had nothing to do with the apothecary. I, I'm just. I'm trying yeah, to but that's find not that. explained. You're just reading into it. I'm trying to find that. Just and no, I, it's, just, it's not, but like that is a thing in Sisters lore. Like it's very common for. Yeah, but I mean. Like, okay, so here, here's the line. The woman finds her death at the hand of corn cultists and is reborn at the hand of an ultramarine apothecary after seven years of continuous repentance in as many systems. Maybe, okay, maybe he only performs surgery on her once. That's, so she volunteers to a repentance squad yeah. and then she dies to corn cultists. Okay, and she's been fighting for seven years as a repentia, right. an, an ultramarine apothecary. They bring her back. Isn't the point of a repentia though is that you find your death through? But maybe she, maybe it's that whole she thing. Like die. if you she die, absolved herself. Yeah. His wa- her watch is over. There's a guy who and had. That's why she's now reborn, and it's actually like a, a rebirth of yeah. yes, of herself. Like a blessing, yeah. That's kind of cool. I like that. There's yeah. a guy who had a life, uh, a death sentence, and he died and was brought back medically. And claim that he should be released from prison because he technically died. How'd that How'd that <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna say he's probably still in jail. <laughs> but if he's not, like, don't come I don't here. Like being a smart ass. <laughs> Send him to jail for life. <laughs> yeah. But we won't execute you. Uh, I if like he dies, the, just leave him dead. I don't want to see that guy again. I like how yeah, talk about the Doom Wardens and how they turned rogue yeah. and they attacked the Astral Watchtower. Yeah. They're trying to free that Psyker that had been trapped there hundreds of years so previous to that. I will. And, one thing too is with like some people's lifespans. Now I could be wrong on this. I know humans, especially like wealthy and important humans, can live very long periods of time in 40k because they have like regenerative practices and surgeries and all kinds of things they can do but uh some of them are very long some of them are I definitely don't, in the, i think the only one age range that they really say is like 74 years isn't it no yeah. elected as young i know but that's the only time that i really got a, an understanding of age yeah, I, I thought the they had different people one every of, time one of the space popes in the story there cardinals lived like Across maybe three or four Fra- of those No, paragraphs. it was like Fracas the third or fourth yeah. or something. Now, I, I didn't actually do the math on how long each period would be and how... how each one's 100 years. Yeah, so like... Not all, not all of them. Some are 200, some oh, are less. Sure. Oh, so, okay. uh, yeah, I didn't do the math to see what his final age would have been. I don't know what a reasonable age range would be for a human. And granted, like, cardinals and space popes are fairly important in the yeah. imperial scheme, so they would have access to, like, regenerative abilities and... Bionics Stop trying to find problems, okay? I'm it being was good. Just critical. everyone liked it. Get, no. Get, yeah. Get get out. Time get the hell get out of here, is Eric Get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to find names that go from one to the next. Yeah. There like are. there's definitely a lot of changes for sure. Which I think is awesome. Yeah, like, I, like, I love the fact that yeah. he's just like, all right, now this is the canonist. Now this is the Which priorist. is cool. That's why I think actual GW should write their chapters in junk. Instead of carrying their heroes over indefinitely, just kill them off and have a new set for each era, right? Like, that'd it's be hard. sweet. It's hard to Is it, or is it just model. a ton of money to make models repeatedly to get people to rebuy your heroes? 
That is genius marketing. My no one will buy a like a mar, like a model every new edition forever. Like, <laughs> Have you chapter. met 40k fans, James? <laughs> <He> dumb, dumb. <laughs> that, that is the stupidest thing you've ever said. I don't know if you're right, Christian. I I'm looking and I I, I might have like missed... I just reread the whole thing and I don't. You re- <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, just, I'm looking for titles like just capitals. And, I read and it names. twice. <laughs> I read it three but times just now. I don't just see since it. he said that, I read it all again. <laughs> so Cardinal Faust is there. Um, he's in the first and second. But that's only a gap of twenty years, yeah. and then after that, I don't see any other name that's repeated in any of the other that's ones. Right. You okay. dumb, dumb bitch. Oh, I could like I was reading it as I was going. Yeah, so no, I could, and that, that like, was long, right? So, yeah. but honestly, like I really liked that. Yeah, nailed a lot of things for me. Okay, anything else? Very, very cool. Seven out of five. <laughs> Final offer. <laughs> Take it or leave it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just I love the the ability to. Put things in your story and then come back to them later is sure. really it shows Chekhov like, guns everywhere. It it <laughs> and, shows like a really un- good understanding of like f- not only foreshadow but also oh fuck there's theme. a specific word theme. Um, <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> it's not theme. I like also that uh, the the whatever you call them payoff. That's the word. <laughs> that was a payoff error. It's <laughs> <laughs> sorry, James. I was just I was just gonna say I like that bad things happen too. Like there's yeah, good yeah, chunks yeah. of the story that are not good for Yeah, I, I was thinking like Order of the Crimson Lily, like beautiful flower covered in blood, like they just keep dying over and over and they've almost been wiped out a couple times. Almost like, like hmm. death is a regular part of life and it's a cycle of life oh my and death. God. And there's skulls <laughs> everywhere as a theme of death in forty K. Ah, <laughs> I like the desert tribes. <laughs> I like the fact that there's like what the, learned men. I like that they interact oh. with like the desert tribes on the planet. Yeah, and like and the give them the ten strongest women each year. Like that's such a cool thing. Like on tabletop, I hope he has ten sisters that yeah. have maybe like some tribal beads on them or something to like, show like where they came from. Yeah, and like yeah. There's like a squad that they all. I like to think of them as Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> I, I hope on tabletop he has 10 Tuscan Raiders. So. <laughs> Our first reaction to that is just to make noise. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do, apparently. Yeah. No, honestly, man. There's a reason my wife doesn't like me very much. <laughs> so hey, James. So <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> You're shooting her car from the window and she's rolling out. <laughs> why do we do this every time? James, why do we have to keep confiscating rifles <laughs> no i oh man i want to play this army now i want to crush the order of the crimson lily yes is that the highest compliment you can give i want to fight you <laughs> you better bring that great story and throw down no very very he good. just wants to insert himself uh, like into i could just lore of that <laughs> I could read this multiple times, and I think I'd pick out new things even in yeah. it every time. And then just imagine, like, reading his full 17 pages. Like, Jeez, there's yeah. There's so much, like... I don't know how long you've been writing this for, Thomas, but it is... Holy. It's a lot. Yeah, like, the Crusader Houses are... Yeah, we didn't even like, talk about the Crusader Houses. Well, we can do it right now. The Crusader <laughs> House was formed in... The, yeah. the next one we got to talk about... No, we're, we're done with Thomas. Get Thomas, as great as it was, thank you Get so out of here. You got, you got a long You're time. dead to us. Yeah. yeah. It was that too much... Your, the highest reward is death. <laughs> yeah, well, there's no... There's nothing beyond. Oblivion. Yeah. So the only thing... The best thing we is, can give you is oblivion. You either die yeah. a hero or live long enough to become <laughs> the villain. And Thomas, you did it. Spider-Man. You died. Spider-Man. <laughs> Bless his soul. 
<laughs> well, uh, there's one more story, and oh, there's right. only one uh, more Alex. person to uh, read. Alex. Eric, you got this one? Uh, do you want me to read it? I'll read it. Okay. If you want, yeah, like you're going to okay. do it better than me. No, okay. no, no. Let it. Let Mark do it. The fans are here for Mark. They want to hear <laughs> Mark. They care about Eric. That's, there's truth in that. Yeah. His little I am someone, head. someone said recently in our Discord... Yeah, uh, they listen to the podcast. All of Christian. us are friends in Mark's tither. What was the line? Uh, all of us ties and then become our friends. I'm going to find yeah, it. You I can read know. this, but I'm going to okay, find it. Okay, okay. Uh, so this is from Alex. <laughs> and it's about orcs. <laughs> yes. All rock, white face, <laughs> was, a little, like that. <laughs> was a little orc on his home planet, Red Dust. The planet is located far north of the Milky Way. His tribe called it Red Dust because the ground is dry, red, and full of dust. Just orc things. There was no one on the planet except for the orcs, so they couldn't fight anyone except themselves. They wandered around as nomads and fought each other for centuries, but there was no orc to really uh, outstand the others, so they never were able to... They were never able or in need to reach for the stars to fight other big enemies at this time it was just a small tribe of greenskins not even a clan until one day they discovered a huge temple in a canyon canyon this <laughs> in a canyon this construct was bigger than everyone Eric, do you want to read this? Do you want me to read it? I can't read. I found found the quote. I found the. I'll I'll find the quote. The quote is: "Someone said in our Discord, but in tithe, we are all Mark's friends. Ah, (laughs) That's what it is. Yes. I'll just restart it. Oh, that bad. Well, I wasn't paying attention. I was trying to find the quote. So, Um, Alrock Whiteface was a little orc on his home planet, Red Dust. The planet is located in the far north of the Milky Way. His tribe called it Red Dust because." The ground is dry, red, and full of dust. I already made that joke. <laughs> Just orc things. I already made that joke, too. It's written down. <laughs> there was no one on this planet except of the orcs, so they couldn't fight anyone except themselves. They wandered around as nomads and fought each other for centuries, but there was no orc to really under- outstand the others, so they were never able or in need to reach for the stars to fight other big enemies. At this time, it was just a small tribe of greenskins, not even a clan. Until one day, they discovered a huge temple in a canyon. This construct was bigger than everything the orcs had ever seen before. It was a former Admech outpost, but the tech priests were wiped out by an unarmed scout fleet of Tyranids long before an orc spore found its way to red dust. So the planet has been forgotten by the Imperium, and the Tyranids left nothing but dust on the planet. But as the orcs found this shrine of technology, they knew this was their destiny. There was only one thing to do with all this crazy and old stuff. Destroy everything and build better, faster stuff. So the clan started rebuilding their weak and nomadic culture with the Admech outpost as their new home. Some some orcs instantly knew how to build buggies, bikes, or trucks as the knowledge for that was implanted, implemented in their genes by the old ones. They started to fight their internal battles with races, the fastest wins, and maybe kills the slower ones afterwards. At the same time, every orc started to paint everything red, not for being camouflaged in the dunes of red dust. It was because they believed it would make them go faster. One of them was the best of the best, the fastest of the fastest. He had the fastest bike and was the strongest orc in the newly formed clan. His name was 
Sebulba Doug. Sebulba. Yeah, that's Star Wars. He Get your Star Wars out you of Banoia. Mucha shaka paka. That's Sebulba. <laughs> He's mean. <laughs> He was an excellent driver, but also a big douche. (laughs) That was written down. I just want to say that. And at this point, Alrock gets important for the story. This little orc and his only real friend has small wrench, an even smaller orc than him. Both very cunning and mechanical geniuses were Sebulba's, Doug's personal mechanics. But it was also that time when Alrock had his first vision of the big threat that will come to their planet. At this time, Alrock was just a small little orc that had one job, scavenging for new parts to repair the bike of his boss and make it even faster. He hated that Sebulba Doug beat him all the time, and his anger grew every day. But cunning as he was, he knew he couldn't stand a chance against his boss, so he waited for the time to strike back. Perfect time to strike. I'll add that into the notes. (laughs) He even thought about manipulating the bike to kill Sebulba Doug, but that would also mean to destroy the vehicle he learned to love and wanted so badly. The visions came at night. He dreamed about small and weak orcs that weren't green, but they had metal staffs that shot bright light and killed all members of his clan. He woke up screaming, Yumi's! Yumi's! Whiteface Yumi's! Every night since then. He got laughed at and bullied for his visions even more than before. So he got his name Alrock Whiteface and was declared crazy. Even the two weird boys of his clan called him insane. The others abandoned him, but he knew something is coming and this will be his time to rise. So he took his stuff, just a wooden stick, which was really rare on Red Dust, and his beloved helmet he built himself in case he would ever own his own bike and went on his journey to find the place of his visions and those stupid-looking Yumi's. He even left a note for Sez, in which case he tells him to stay strong and that he'll be back soon. That's the oldest trick in the book. (laughs) After weeks of wandering through the deserts of Red Dust, he found the place of his visions and the Yumi's. It was a scout unit of the Astra Militarum. They searched for the abandoned and long-lost outposts of the Admech. The orcs accidentally activated an emergency signal when they opened the doors of the station. So the small unit of not more than lots was sent to investigate this signal. <laughs> Just got that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at orc glyphs in the codex recently. Yeah. And they count up to five. And yeah. then it, so they have one, two, three, four, five lots. <laughs> like literally they if it's more than five it's, <laughs> it's just, just lots like <laughs> so it's not more than lots though was sent to investigate this signal as their fleet was just a few light years away they dropped to the unnamed planet with nothing more than their rations rations las guns a trike to search for the signal and a huge tent to protect them from the brutal partially ionizing radiation of the sun alrock was amazed by the speed of the trike one of those small guys was using every day to ride around in circles Little did he know they were systematically scouting the area. By far the fastest vehicle he ever saw, even though it wasn't red. He knew he needed this bike with three wheels, or buggy with three wheels, to show everyone that he is the fastest and also the strongest. He was cunning enough to hide in the dunes because he knew their metal staffs were dangerous. He learned and watched for days, maybe weeks. He recognized why he always dreamed about white faces. All these Yumi's put some sort of white thickened liquid on their faces he was sure that it was their war paint because white is the color of death in orc culture 
he thought this is why they're so dangerous. It has to be that white stuff on their faces. <laughs> he laid there in the sand behind mm. a huge rock and waited for his opportunity to steal the trike or to kill them all to get it. But the observation phase was ended when one of those Yumis walked up the dune right towards him. Because of lying in the sand for so long, he got completely covered in sand, so the guardsmen recognized him too late. Alrock took his wooden stick and stabbed it right through the Yumi's throat with ease. He enjoyed the wet and gurgling noises as he pulled them behind the rock. He smelled at the dying body, investigated everything, and found what he was looking for in the Yumi's backpack, the small bottle with the war liquid in it. <laughs> the bottle read, Sunscreen UV-140. <laughs> he put the white paste all over his face and took the metal staff to shoot the bright light in it, and he knew he was ready for war <laughs> and to claim his destined trike. He ran down the dune screaming, Wah! and slaughtered every member of the expedition force. Before he went back to his clan, he collected all the weapons and, of course, the sunscreen. He called the <laughs> trike Wabringer. Painted it red with blood of his foes, attached his wooden stick with the skull of his first killed Yumi on its top to the back of his new vehicle as a standard modified las gun, and named it Hot Shots. Alrock Whiteface left the camp a few days later with nearly 80 dead bodies burning under the brutal sun of red dust. Bigger, stronger, faster than before, ready for war. As he reached the Admech outpost, all the other orcs watched him driving through the canyon. White-faced, fast as hell on his new trike, bigger than every other orc they'd ever seen, Alrock Whiteface went straight up to his former boss. Sabulba Doug stood beside his bike. The arrogant smile on his face was gone as he saw who was coming for him. As Alrock reached him, he circled around him one time, pulled out hot shots, aimed for the engine of the bike, and shot right through it. The explosion blew Sebel away. Alrock Whiteface got off Wabringer, walked up to the still-confused and badly hurt Sebulba Doug, and crushed his skull with his bare hands on the dry and dusty surface of red dust as he shouted his loudest wah ever. The whole clan growled and shouted with him. The wah was so loud that the ground was shaking. His friend says was from now on his co-pilot on Wabringer, and they planned to reach for more. Faster bikes, stronger enemies, and more of the white war liquid, because all of them believe that it's the white face that makes them so dangerous. After a few weeks, the clan managed to build a huge spaceship out of the leftovers from the outpost. Alrock Whiteface, former slave and mechanic, now war boss of his own war called Bleach Skulls, is now heading towards the stars, searching for war. <laughs> Life uh, finds a way. <laughs> the wah uh, finds a way. Oh, yeah, that was. I liked it. It was actually really good. Yeah, yeah. it was super entertaining. I, so this is one thing people need to always do when they're writing orc lore: just sprinkle in a little bit of orc. Like this guy didn't overdo it; just enough that we laughed a couple times. It's good. But you're not reading strictly orc for no, ten paragraphs. And no, like, I don't even know exactly. what it says yeah. anymore. Yeah, I, I liked it. It was very good. I liked the fact that. Um, 
nothing changed on their planet until everything changed. Sure. Like they were just, they were regular They were orcs. carrying on for so long. Yeah, yeah. for how oh, long yeah, were yeah, they yeah. just fighting and fighting? Like they yeah, weren't yeah. advancing their tech because they didn't need to. Classic it wasn't story until, It wasn't until like a shock happened to them sure. that completely like blew up their entire reality. And now it's all of a sudden like, no, there's stuff out there. We yeah. can fight and let's do it. So I really liked that actually. And so, I yeah. like the protagonist. He's very um, likable. Likeable, you feel relatable to him. Good old, good old guy. He is Al Rock. Bite face. Too bad he wasn't oh. Anakin. <laughs> I hate Ankins. 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 I hate red dust. <laughs> gets, gets everywhere. <laughs> I like my... here everything smooth. <laughs> <laughs> He's rubbing a bike. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, yeah, I really so, enjoy. I like the like it's. I, I, I don't know how way. believable the whole like, hey, he takes out like an entire eighty man outpost by himself. But sure, if they're just like can explorers happen. and stuff, like they all had guns, they might have. But are they trained? Like, yeah, do they, they've been sure. searching this, this. They were Astro Militarum. He did oh, say that. Oh, okay, but yeah. Astro Militarum like training can be anything from like I just gave you a gun for the first time in your whole life to. You are an elite special forces soldier. Eighty is a lot. That's all I'm trying to say. Eighty is a <laughs> no, lot. It's just of lots. bodies. It's just <laughs> lots. <laughs> Correct. It's. Yeah. It was more. It was lots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I like. I don't. I just find it like funny to imagine how that happened. Not like I think that's like ridiculous. Yeah. Or yeah, anything, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, <laughs> it's good. It's I like good. that he like wheelies like burnouts around his old <laughs> boss before he shoots the bike. And yeah. I like that he puts the first kill, like the skull on it's, the end of his bike yeah. and they call the, themselves the bleach skulls now. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that name is awesome. Yeah, it's sweet. I, and, like, and I they specifically paint their army. faces yeah. white. And, yeah. yeah. I, I, would the whole army do it? I think. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. Like, it just seems like why would he share his precious war paint? I think. Uh, you could also make other ones. I think things. that they said. Yeah, like, sure. that's the real stuff, and we all mimic you. Sure, sure, you sure, sure, sure. Maybe sure. we're not as dangerous, but. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you could go either way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Either way. I think you could, he either could either way. say, like, I'm the strongest, I'm the most deadly, I'm yeah. death itself, so yeah. I'm going to wear this white stuff and you'll yeah. follow behind me. But you could also say, like, now, boys, we're all going to be as strong exactly. as death, so follow me and I'll show you. So. Yeah, could very well go either way. I can picture his whole army just doing this. this is a cool thing, how he painted his guys. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to explain why that's the case. Yeah, yeah. why yeah. is it white? And I, I love the fact that it's just sunscreen. <laughs> but he's yeah, like, he said white why stuff s- a couple times that just makes you nervous. <laughs> I don't. I wasn't that nervous. Did I'm you, not gonna lie. Did you accidentally read into your uh, erotica section, of 40k lawyer? <laughs> Mark, did you you pulled from the wrong place? That's for my uh, private use. <laughs> That's my private collection. <laughs> no, I, I I really did like that. It was it was fun story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it had a little moral in the end, you know. Just because you're the smallest doesn't mean you can't go back and shoot the guy in the face that effed you off the last time. Mm-hmm. Mm, classic archetype. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they felt really orky with like rip stripping everything down and building yeah. like trucks and stuff and and they're like, "Now nah, we don't need to like we don't fight anymore. We're all the cult of speed. Let's just race and then yeah. kill whoever comes in last." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Idiots. You know, like, <laughs> if you came last, our culture has evolved. That's how they view it. We're not it, savages. Right? <laughs> yeah. That'd be a we're orcs of culture. <laughs> That'd be a hilarious like orc story too if it was just like they were all like high orcs they were like oh yes we are elegant and they just like do oh, the oh, same oh, things yes, they yes. normally do but just like 
fancier. Yeah, fancier. <laughs> like they're all wearing monocles as yeah, they like yes. as they slash each other to death and like they're good. So that is the wrong type of tea, and then just slaps <laughs> stabs them yeah. in the face. Are you trying to rip me off? <laughs> These sandwiches are cut improperly. <laughs> Stab. Stabs them in half. Stabs them yeah. in half. <laughs> yeah, he cuts like you know, like multiple stabs <laughs> till he's in half. Yeah, ah, I, uh-huh. I really liked this one too. Yeah, this was a good batch that we. Yeah, got. I think they were they were all they were all good. Mm-hmm. They're all tolerable, let's say. <laughs> tolerable. So good was, is a high standard. There and was then, Space Marine, there was Necron, there was Sisters of Battle, and there was Orc. Yeah. My spread. Orc. I, I still think the Sisters was my favorite. It was very well, mm. well communicated, yeah. for sure. Orcs and Necron, I'm, I'm like flippy floppy on the Orcs it, and Necron. It's tough. Yeah, flippy yeah, floppy. Really the Necron. What's your favorite, James? I'm a lover of all. Yeah. I don't pick Lore. favorites. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I don't know. I like, uh, I do like the. What were we doing again? Sisters <laughs> one. <laughs> Just because it's it's got a lot of depth. Yeah. Um. I like, I just kind of, the, the Necron one would be my first if there was just a little bit more conflict in it. Mm. But uh, yeah, that is something that it kind of lacks is a conflict, a central <laughs> central. <conflict. laughs> There's a stroke in it, so that, <laughs> that's helpful. Yeah, conflict is definitely something yeah. that it lacks. But other sure. than that, it, that probably would have been my favorite. Cool. Yeah, it's good. Just because it's so different. Very good. Listen, Very Lore good. Eleven, we did it. We did it. Well, thank you, Christian and James, for joining us. No, thank you for having me. <laughs> You're never coming back. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, thanks for thank you to Raptors987. Thank you to Joshua. Thank you to Thomas. And thank you to Alex. We scratch your sub- back. Now you subscribe to our Patreon. That's right. That's how that works. Not officially. No, no, no. But it's, I'm, I'm keeping my eye out. <laughs> I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you. Well, uh, thank you guys for submitting, and yeah. thank you for giving us the opportunity to read them yeah, and to, to learn about how you guys write your armies. So um, I guess until we see you next time. Mm-hmm. Now let's go all put white stuff on our face. Yeah, and Together. then I got, ride I got our bikes in <laughs> with our big guns. Yes. Right? So that's yes. how we do it. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.